Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to today's Medicinal Monday episode. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And I'm Dr. Benjamin. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. And today we are talking about your gallbladder, which you may or may not have. Uh, It has really come to our awareness over the course of our practice how how many people have their gallbladders removed over the course of their lives. And of course, we know that those people can still maintain optimal health, and they often do so on a a whole food plant-based lifestyle, of course. Uh, But today we're going to be talking about how to care for your gallbladder if you have one, but also how to eat and live and care for your gallbladder that may not even be existing. (laughs) Uh, So it is an important topic because that little organ of ours actually serves a purpose, even if it's not there. And, uh, you know, getting right to the heart of it, if we don't have our gallbladder, really what that means is that our liver is taking on the responsibility, the tasks that the gallbladder was doing for us. So it's even more of a reason to care more optimally for our liver, which we talk about so often uh, here at Alter Health. Yeah. Yeah. So how about we start off the conversation by talking about the purpose of the gallbladder, why we have a gallbladder? Sure. It's pretty straightforward and simple. It holds the bile that our liver creates in order to metabolize fats predominantly. Bile also supports the detoxification processes. Um, You know, when our liver creates bile, it also supports um, the breakdown and shuttling out and, you know, holding on to a lot of the toxins that are also being broken down by the liver. Uh, but that lit, that bile that is being created by the liver can then go to the bile sac. That's kind of the, the, uh, you know, nickname of the gallbladder, that bile sac there. And that holds onto the bile until we eat a meal and then it gets a good squeeze and it goes through the bile duct into the intestines in order to, mix with all the contents of our food and emulsify the fats so that they can properly be digested and 
whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's convenient to have a gallbladder because whenever we do eat fat, we've got a great supply that's already made up just waiting for us. And we can just reach into the, the bile sack and have a little serving of it. It kind of reminds me of like when we when we bulk prepare, for example, like a salad dressing, yeah. when it's when it comes time to make a salad, it's like, ah, oh, yes, I've already I already have the salad dressing already made, so I can just top it with that versus having to go through the process of making it all over again. That's actually really probably a beautiful analogy, and that's kind of what the liver is doing. It's mm -hmm. making the salad dressing. And yeah, we like to make a good amount of salad dressing so that we can store it and whip up our salad really, easily. Uh, really, really quickly when we need to <laughs> and not go through the process of getting all the ingredients back in order and whipping up the salad dressing on the spot. Mm -hmm. But I guess one would say, you know, on this analogy, one would say, oh, well, I like fresh salad dressing. So maybe I don't want or need uh, a a storage container for my salad dressing. So um, the fact is like, you know, when it comes to our bile, like the stored bile is just as yummy and tasty <laughs> as the fresh bile that's created by the liver. I don't know about tasty, but it's just as effective at breaking down the fat and helping in that detoxification that happens. So, right. So, yeah. So that's what the, so that's what the gallbladder is doing. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really just clear and obvious and all the science points us in the same direction that in order to optimally care for the health of our gallbladder, really the, the most important thing is there, there's a few things, but the most important factor is being mindful of our dietary fat content. And the best thing to do is to eliminate processed foods, especially oils, of course, which is pure fat, as well as animal products, which are inherently going to be higher in fat as compared to our plant-based products, right? Um, so that leads us to whole food plant-based eating mm -hmm. for the gallbladder, mm -hmm. whether or not you've got one. <laughs> yes, yes, because we've said it a million times and we'll keep saying it that a whole food plant based diet is naturally low in fat. When we focus on whole grains, legumes, fruits, vegetables, and a reasonable amount of nuts and seeds and other kind of fat rich fruits like, you know, avocado and coconut, the the lifestyle is is relatively low in fat, yeah. naturally. Then the other thing that's going to be in our favor, of course, in our whole food, plant-based lifestyle, that's supportive of digestive health, liver health, detoxification, and gallbladder health is the fiber content in our plant foods. Of course, plants are the only foods that contain fiber. You know that by now. And um, that fiber content helps the kind of assimilation of our fats. For example, if we're just putting oil into our mouths, you know, of course, we, we probably are not spoonfuling oil, oil, but if we put oil in our mouths via salad dressing or sauteed vegetables or on a piece of bread or pasta or whatever it is, then that oil is going to be kind of more of a shock to the system and require a, a surge of bile release mm -hmm. from the gallbladder slash liver and um, whereas if we get the fat in the context of a whole food, you know, even if we're eating, quote unquote, a higher fat meal with olives or cashews or nuts and seeds, those foods that are whole foods 
are going to be consumed, of course, along with dietary fiber and proteins and carbohydrates and all the other phytonutrients that support the natural breakdown, digestion, absorption of all the nutrients from those whole plant foods. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> and actually, when you when you were talking about oil, you reminded me, Ben, of this um, trend that we're not fans of um, called the gallbladder flush, where you actually do drink a bunch of oil. Um, you, you mix a bunch of oil with lemon juice and maybe some orange juice and garlic. And what that's supposed to do is flush the gallbladder and essentially, you know, kind of like like, you know, just squeeze, squeeze out all the whatever is contained in there. But it's actually a risky practice because it can actually stimulate the gallbladder so much that it might actually stimulate the passing of a gallstone, which can then get stuck in the bile duct. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about really the issues of gallbladder health Mm -hmm. and, you know, what leads to gallbladder issues and then, of course, the end result of that is usually getting your gallbladder removed. So mm-hmm. we, you talked about stones and what precedes stones is sometimes referred to as sludge in the gall bile tract, bile duct, um, that sludge. And really that that gallbladder just creating lots of bile and releasing lots of bile and just being called upon continuously Um sets the setting for that sludge, which can lead to gallstones, which is crystallization forming in the gall bile sac. And then, like you said, if we do eat a high fat meal and the gallbladder is kind of stressed in that, in that capacity, then those stones can become dislodged from the bile sac and get stuck in the bile duct. And that is known as cholecystitis um, because isn't it called cholidoco cholelithiasis or well, something like that? Yeah, cholelithiasis <laughs> is the the formation of the gall gallstone, and then the cystic cholecystitis is when the gallbladder itself becomes inflamed as a result of the um, bile duct being. That's the that's the most common reason of cholecystitis is the bile duct being obstructed, which is what causes that extreme excruciating uh right upper quadrant pain right you know that that pain that i've i've never had i've never had a gallbladder attack but i've heard <laughs> i've heard a lot of people who have and that's where they feel it right underneath the right rib cage there and that's where your gallbladder is and um that's what's happening is it's kind of spasming and it can be I would say maybe like a life-threatening issue, a reason to go to the hospital. And then the treatment of that, if you're a surgeon, is very easy. You just go in there and snip it out Um, because, hey, we don't really need it. It's helpful like we already uh, addressed, but we don't really need it. So, yeah, just just get rid of it, right? Um, And a lot of people do have questions like, oh, yeah, I've had gallstones. Should I get my gallbladder removed? And that can be done in kind of a preventative sort of way. But really, when we're following a whole food plant-based diet, you know, I would say that it's kind of impossible for that for that to take place. The the um, gallstones being kind of dislodged and, and creating that obstruction and leading to cholecystitis. Um, 
you know, what, what tends to happen, and we've heard stories, is that those stones that might be in the gallbladder actually naturally- And usually, usually those stones are found incidentally right. upon other imaging. Um, you know, people don't necessarily know that they have stones because they don't feel anything. But what I was going to say- Sorry. I is that those stones can and do naturally dissolve or shrink. And then they can pass naturally without being obstruct without obstructing the uh, bile duct, and just get pooped flushed right down the toilet. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, we've heard that from several of our um, several of our clients who, over the years of eating whole food, plant based, just incidentally on imaging, have found that they had stones a few years ago, and now the stones are gone. Um, yep. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Of course, in an emergent kind of scenario, eating whole food plant-based isn't going, going to really help in an emergent, um, you know, scenario yeah. where you have to get your gallbladder removed. It's like if we have a bunch of fr French fries and a cheeseburger, it's not like we can just have a salad and then all the pain goes away, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but if we avoid the French fries and cheeseburger, then we avoid the issues pretty, pretty definitively, you know, you don't really hear about whole food plant-based seizures having gallbladder issues. That's for darn sure. Um, unless of course they, they're susceptible and they go to a restaurant and they have, they indulge in, you know, the fried, whatever tofu sticks or whatever, um, you know, that, that, Hey, it could probably happen, but there's a question here. Uh, from Trevor, what's the connection with issues like autoimmune disease and gallbladder health? And I have to admit that I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, the connection between autoimmune issues and gallbladder issues, really, you know, autoimmunity is generally stemming from chronic infections, which you could you could certainly say that digestive issues are often at the root of immune imbalances that are often at the root of a lot of autoimmune issues so you could just generalize that digestive health is super key for autoimmune prevention and reversal um, but in terms of specific gallbladder, you know, I, you know, if we, if we don't have a, a healthy functioning gallbladder, I'm just kind of talking through this now, and we're not going to be digesting our fats that much, that well, that will lead to downstream, you know, digestive imbalances and issues related to the microbiome. And that could set the stage for what you would say is dysbiosis or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or, you know, intestinal inflammation or IBS sorts of syndromes. And that could, you know, therefore be connected with conditions such as autoimmunity. Um, but just kind of spitballing. <laughs> but it makes sense in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And we have another comment from someone who just recently had their gallbladder removed. Oh, my goodness. Well, then this next part of the conversation is just for you. Because, yes, in this episode, we're talking about how to care for your gallbladder, whether you have it or not. And the truth is you can still have such a great digestive system and overall health, even if you don't have a gallbladder. And that's because 
like we mentioned in the very beginning, it's ultimately the liver that creates that bile. And just because you don't have a gallbladder doesn't mean that you're you're can't still, um, you know, bring that. You know that the the liver will directly then um, excrete the bile into the intestines for that lipid digestion. Okay. And so so if you don't have a gallbladder, then it becomes so much more important to really care for liver health and make sure that um, the liver is able to stay up on all of its tasks, which yeah. it has a lot that it has to do, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, the way I kind of view the liver is that it, first of all, it's this giant organ that does so many things, right? So, so many things. Uh, the primary thing being kind of general detoxification, quote unquote, a lot of different processes fit under that umbrella. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, being such a big organ, it's got, you know, the way I visualize it's got like different kind of, and this isn't really how it is, but there's different kind of sectors or stations doing different tasks. And if, if, um, or if our detoxification pathways are overwhelmed and our liver is kind of going after all these, you know, metabolizing all these things and getting them out of the body, then there's going to be less bandwidth or real estate to do, um, you know, functions like creating bile necessary for fat digestion or absorption. Um, and the fact is, so we don't want to stress that pathway in the liver um, more than we need to, which, of course, we, we don't when we eat whole plant foods and avoid oils and avoid, avoid the high fat animal products like we already kind of said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So the way to eat post gallbladder removal is the way to eat pre gallbladder removal. Yeah. And let's just, <laughs> let's just go, go through what a whole food plant-based diet is just in case people are new to it here. Okay. Okay. So what it means is eating whole fruits, whole vegetables, whole grains, whole legumes, herbs and seeds. I oh, wait, herbs and spices, nuts and seeds and leaving out all animal products, which are high in fat, leaving out oil, oil's a big one you can't forget about, um, leaving out also processed carbohydrates, processed grains, like flours and processed sugars and, and other kind of packaged foods like that. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's really a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. Yeah. And what's great is that because this way of eating also so nutrient dense it is also naturally detoxifying so it support liver health in other ways yeah. um other ways that you would want to support liver health of course would be to cut back on the alcohol to cut back on any other um kind of um drugs yes unnecessary <laughs> drugs well you know anything and when i'm talking about drugs i'm talking about supplements herbs even herbs well there's a lot of herbs for the liver there are but Everything that is an, an exogenous foreign compound requires the liver to process, um, especially, of course, pharmaceutical medications, heavy metals that might be, you know, injected in the body and stuff like that. Cleaning up your environment, cleaning up your household products and your body care products and, mm. you know, try to make them just as clean and benign as possible. Um those are really the, the main ingredients. And then, of course, if you check out our other liver support um, podcast episodes, you'll hear our other tips on, you know, how to really deeply hydrate the liver and make sure the liver is getting all of the vitamins and minerals it needs yeah. to work properly. Yeah. So, so we got a good question 
we got a good question about, is it okay to eat healthy fats, i.e. avocado? Um, let's just clarify what healthy fat is. Every plant on planet Earth, rice, beans, bananas, potatoes, even like those quote-unquote high-carbohydrate plants, have fats. Um, yes, avocados have higher proportion of fats compared to those other starchier, um, sh- more sugar-based foods. But in any event, we healthy fats are any fats that are found in a whole food. So yeah, avocado is a healthy fat, quote-unquote. Um, flax seeds, chia seeds are healthy fats. Uh, bananas contain healthy fats. Spinach contains tons of healthy fats. Um, so yes, when we are talking, we, we really don't like to describe foods um, based on their predominant macronutrient. It's kind of reductionistic, but we do so for the purpose of having these sorts of conversations. But when we're relating and thinking about the foods that we're eating, we're just eating whole foods. And yes, any, any whole food that um, it, it has more fat than other whole foods is a quote unquote healthy fat. But the, that being said, the when we are living without a gallbladder or when we are living to prevent gallbladder disease or when we are living to optimize liver health, we do want to be mindful of those what we would call overt fats that include avocado and nuts and seeds and cashews and, and et cetera. And we want to make sure that those foods like more or less just about fit in the palm of our hands, which would mean, you know, maybe a whole avocado for the day, depending on the size. Maybe um, spaced out, not all at once. Or a quarter of an avocado with a couple tablespoons of seeds and a couple walnuts or olives or something like that. So, you know, not overdoing it because that those fats, yeah, they're essential but they're not the predominant fuel source for our bodies. They're also not the most nutrient dense um, foods that our bodies really rely upon. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yes, hopefully that clears up the healthy fat discussion for liver and gallbladder health. Yeah. Yeah. And would you agree also, Ben, that um, trying to avoid big servings of fat rich foods because those big servings, that's what really calls upon a lot of bile. The more fat, the more bile you need. I would say that even if someone like spoon fed themselves guacamole, they probably couldn't induce a gallbladder attack because they're eating, they're, they're not eating, the, the fat is being digested along with fiber and protein and sugar. Yeah, but we're talking about post, post gallbladder removal. Yeah, well, sure. That's not optimal for liver health. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're not going to have a gallbladder attack without a gallbladder, um, but it's not optimal for liver health to, or fat digestion. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's not going to kill. It's not going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. But we do want to focus on the most more nutrient dense foods, which tend to be higher in carbohydrates and not fat. Um, so that's just uh, the thing. And oh boy, well, now we're getting all sorts of questions. Uh, we'll take one more. I mix chia. Well, I think flax. this is more of a comment. Well, there's what about and use in smoothies with collagen powder? Oh, no, that is a comment. <laughs> um, but there is a question mark there. Um, yeah, in terms of collagen, maybe we would just point to a podcast episode that we've done in the past mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on that. Yes, we have a detailed episode on collagen powder. Um, but that's, that's it. For, that's it for the questions. 
hopefully you're thriving with or without a gallbladder and continue to do so. Um, if you've got any other questions, comments, feedback, feel free to leave it in the chat or in the comments section. And thanks as always for tuning in. And get ready for the next whole food plant-based challenge. Yeah. We haven't yet opened registration, but we will in the next few days. This next challenge is on the topic of creating a resilient terrain. Ooh, what's yeah. that mean? You're going to find out. You're going to find out. Yeah. But it has to do with also building robust immunity. Um, so we hope to see you for our next Whole Food Plant-Based Challenge starting on November 1st. Looking forward to it. So thanks as always for tuning in and peace and love. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye for now.